0: Uh, Come February, we're going to study from the wisdom literature. So today I want to touch on Psalms 107, and next Sunday I'll be looking at Psalms 20, and then the following Sunday will be Psalms 23. Can I have the PowerPoint please? Psalm 107, it is a long uh, chapter, but I'm I'm not going to read through the entire chapter. I'll just pick up a few verses from here and there. On the final Sunday of the year 2021, we have a very challenging year, and I want to look at Psalm 107 and give you some encouragement. I'm sure many of you have seen this uh, musical version of Victor Hugo's I can't pronounce that in French. Uh, anybody want to try? Whatever, yep. Uh, which uh, in English probably means wretched, or la in short. And uh, you may be, you remember there was a character in that uh, musical, a lady by the name of Fantine. And she sings a very sorrowful song about disappointment. And the song is I Dream a Dream. And of course, if you're not familiar with that, you might have heard of Susan Boyd from the British Got Talent who shot to fame uh, because she sang this song. And the song begins with these words. This is Anne Hathaway, classic. uh, You have never watched her sing, you should. Uh, And the song says, I dream a dream in time gone by. When hopes were high, And life worth living. And then she goes on to describe her youthful vigor as she chased pleasures and fun, fell in love with a young man a bit older than her, a man, sorry, a bit older than her, and then spent a summer with him. But for Fantine, an unexpected pregnancy and the departure of her father made her dreams come crashing down. And as a single mom in the 19th century France, she found it very difficult to survive. She worked in the factory for a little while, but then she was fired because the foreman uh, found out about her child. She sold her hair and even the filling in her teeth to pay her rent. And finally, she had nothing else to sell but herself. So she ends up on the streets as a prostitute, a hollow shell of what she once was. And eventually, Fantine dies from the sicknesses she contracts as a prostitute. And her song ends with these words. I had a dream my life would be So different from this hell I'm living. So different now from what it seemed. Now life has killed the dream I dream. It's a very sad song in some sense. You have all this dream in your life when you were young, you know, and then when your life comes to an end, it has turned out nothing to what you have been dreaming of at all. And, uh, and I think I can echo M. Scott Peck, the book uh, The Road Less Travelled. It begins with this word, life is hard. And all of life's music is not in perfect harmony. Uh, what starts out to be a symphony becomes a cacophony. And discordant notes often dominate the score. And with Fenton, many of us could sing, life has killed the dream I dreamed. And so Psalms 107, uh, we can't be certain of that context. We can't be certain of the context and the author of this psalms. But it is dealing with disappointment in some sense about dreams that you may have. And uh, it could be that this Jewish people were exiled for 70 years, and then they returned back to rebuild the wall and the temple, as you probably could read from the book of Nehemiah and Ezra, that era, the return era, they call it. Uh, and, and they tried their best to restore the temple and the city to its original splendor, but it was not to be. Only a portion of the people returned, And the city and the temple, when they were rebuilt, were not all that impressive or full of splendor. Uh, What should have been rejoicing instead became weeping and great disappointment. But we don't know exactly the context, but in these Psalms, there are actually four testimonies. You read through these Psalms 107, there are four groups of people that I want you to take note of. But the psalmist begins with these beautiful words. In verses 1 to 3, they are an introduction. So the title of uh, this psalms, I have put it a song of restoration. It is a song of restoration. As we come to the end of year 2021, I want to encourage you. I want to pray and hope that you will return to God and God can restore you, whatever situation that you may find yourself in. Psalms of restoration and The psalmist begins with these words. It's very typical of people who walk close to God. He says, Give thanks to the Lord. Why? For He is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord. For He is good. His love endures forever. Whatever you may be going through, you don't want to go through the pathway of doubting God's goodness. The minute you go down the path, it will lead you down a very undesirable destination. The starting point is always, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And then you say, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their stories. Those who have been liberated, those who know Jesus... Those who have been set free, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Those he redeemed from the hand of the foe. Those he gathered from the lands, from the east and the west, from north and south. Because all these people gathered back, returned back to Jerusalem to rebuild. And so the the writer of this psalm reflects these disappointments with four vivid word pictures that I'm going to show you now that comes out of their history, a picture of people who are lost, a people who are imprisoned, a people who are sick, and a people who are caught in a storm. So there are four groups of people mentioned here. Those who are lost, those who are imprisoned, those who are sick, and those who caught up in a storm. And these four pictures are mentioned here, and they give their testimony. And then the ending verse is in verse 43. So let me just show to you the first person, those who are lost. Listen to the description of these people who were lost in the desert. This is what... The psalmist says, Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry, they were thirsty, and their lives ebbs away. They are lost. When you are lost, you have no direction, you, your life starts to ebb away because you don't know where you are traveling. It's just like if I after service, I have no destination to go home, I will wander. I don't know where is my goal. I don't know where is my where am I heading because I, I don't have a goal. I, I, I'm lost. And any mentioning of wanderings in the desert would, of course, remind the Israelites of their 40 years wandering in the desert, a time when they were hungry, they were thirsty, they were exhausted, a time when they... Grumbled against Moses and longed to return to slavery in Egypt because at least that was predictable. No road, no company, no rest, no supplies, no hope. And these people are in a desperate condition. Wanderers means to stagger. They were alone, they were weak, they were nearly gone. They were just lost. They were lost. And so the first group of people that are mentioned in Psalmist is a group of people that were lost. wanderers. And then I want to read to you the description of the second group of people. Those are imprisoned. Here in verse 10, this is the description of those who are imprisoned. Some sat in darkness, in utter darkness, prisoners suffering in iron chains. Because they rebelled against God's commands and despised the plans of the Most High. So he subjected them to bitter labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. So they were locked in darkness. They were in, they, they were in shadow of death, affliction, in irons, hard labor, helpless. Alone. And that was also the experience of the Israelites when they were enslaved to the Babylonians. Remember when they were in exile, they were uh, conquered by the Babylonians. And because they had spurned the word of God, they have not been faithful to God, they went into exile. But God is always gracious. Even though God sent them into exile, God gave them a timeline only 70 years you will be in exile. And right to the dot of 70 years, the Persian Empire came up and conquered Babylonian Empire. And the Persian Empire was not as ruthless as the Babylonian Empire, but they allowed the people to return back to their land. And that is where you hear the song in the 80s called uh, By Bonnie M. Remember the song? By the rivers of Babylon, I weep and cry, hey hey, we weep when we remember Zion, uh, because they want to return back, and Persian Empire allows them to return back. They were imprisoned in Babylon, and for all of them, it had felt like imprisoned. And interestingly, verse eleven tells us another thing. All of this was brought on them by their own sin, because they rebel against God's command. Some are trapped in prison today, prisons of fear. You don't need to be physically in prison. Some people who are physically in prison, they may be more liberated than those who are having physical freedom. Some are trapped in prison today, prisons of fear, prisons of worry, Loneliness, jealousy, unforgiveness, your past, your hurts, heartaches, hatred, etc., are just a real as prisons of iron and steel. And so here, the second group of people that the psalmist described, not just only those who are lost, but those who are imprisoned. And then the third group of people that uh, is described are those who are sick. Those who are sick. In verse 17, those who live on the deathbed, listen to the description in verse 17. Some became fools through their rebellious ways, and as a result they suffered affliction because of their iniquities. There are many things that we suffer that are nothing to do with our sins, but there are some sickness or afflictions are directly due to our sins. And here in this third group of people are that group of people who, whose suffering are directly due to their sins. Some became fools through their rebellious ways. And so the fools have nothing to do with whether you're educated or intelligent or not. The Bible defines fool differently. It has nothing to do with how whether you have a PhD or, or you're educated or not. Those who acknowledge you reject God, you're always considered a fool. Some became fools through their rebellious ways and suffered affliction because of their iniquities. They loathed all food and drew near the gates of death. So a fool refers to someone without morality, not someone without intelligence. Some people willfully rebel against what they know is right, and yet they find that these choices bring them affliction rather than fulfillment. And because they have disregarded the Word of God, they are afflicted and near death. These people who are at the bottom of the hip, they are sick in the soul. And many many people are suffering soul-sickness. Today. So this is the third group of people. I'm just going to try, to try to describe to you the situation first. And then the fourth group of people are those who caught up in the storm. The psalmist gives us the fourth picture of disappointment. A sea-tossed sailor, sailing the sea, seeking their dreams, seeking their fortune, and only to be crushed by a terrible storm. And this is what it says Some went out on the sea in ships. They were merchants on the mighty waters. They, they saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep. For he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and they went down to the depths in their peril, their courage. Melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. Their dreams come out empty. They led to nowhere. They are tossed about, suffer highs and lows, as we all know. I am very prone to seasickness. I hate, I can't stand seasickness. Even when I was cruising, uh, I had to take sea tablet. And you have to go down to the lowest bit, usually level three, in the middle, so that when it tosses, you are in the middle. Uh, Don't look out the window uh, and all that. And even this morning, I woke up uh, suffering from a little bit of vertigo and and came to church and uh, threw out everything that I've eaten this morning, and I felt good after that. And we all know those who are sick, you know, when you when you are giddy and all that. When you when you vomit, you you felt good after that. So they were tossed about, suffer highs and lows. They are weary. They are uh, dispirited. They are helpless. They are afraid, unsure of their next step. They do not know where to turn. And this is a word for those sailors navigating the stormy seas of life. But I want you to take note that all these, these four pictures, the first and the fourth picture that I presented to you, those who are lost and those who are in the, in the sea, uh, the lost and the storm-tossed, they are in trouble through no fault of their own. No fault of their own. Life just happened. The door, stepped through, turned into a desert as they were out on the water, the storm came out of nowhere and their dreams are crushed. But the second and third picture, those in prison and those who are sick, they are in those places because of their own fault. They rebel, they sinned, and like the others, their dreams too were crushed. So if you put these four pictures together, you have both the innocent and the rebellious, no, sorry, both the innocent and the guilty, the upright and the rebellious. And each of them experiences disappointment. And so if you put the four pictures together, there's one important lesson, and that is no one is spared from disappointment, including you as a Christian, you as a righteous, godly, devout Christians, you are not spared from challenges. You are not spared from trials. You are not spared from problems. You have to get that right as a Christian. Too much of all this nonsense has been going around that seems to think that because you are a Christian, you will forever Be peaceful. You will have no challenges in life. You are riding on high all the time. And therefore, a Christian usually, when they face a bit of problem, the first thing they say is, why God? Why me? Because you have the wrong picture. You have built your expectations so high that you cannot manage. Expectation always leads to unmet expectation always leads to disappointment. So the point is to manage your expectation. For us believers, is to know God's word, know God, and then you can navigate through this life correctly. As Eugene Peterson, one of my favorite authors, in one of the books, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, I actually love this title, A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. That spells out Christian life, isn't it? He says this, he said The Christian life is not a quiet escape to a garden where we can walk and talk uninterruptedly with our Lord, nor a fantasy trip to a heavenly city where we can compare blue ribbons and gold medals with others who have made it to the winner's circle. The Christian life is going to God. And in going to God, Christian travel the same ground that everyone else walks on. Breathe the same air, drink the same water, shop in the same stores, read the same newspapers, are citizens under the same governments, pay the same prices for groceries and petrol, fear the same dangers, subject to the same pressures, get the same distresses, and buried in the same ground. The difference is that each step we walk, each breath we breathe, we know we are preserved by God. We know we are accompanied by God. We know we are ruled by God. And therefore, no matter what doubts we endure, or what accidents we experience, the Lord will preserve us from evil. He will keep our life. So the psalmist has painted for us four vivid word pictures of disappointment. It may encompass some of your own situations, But if you were to paint a picture of disappointment, what would you paint? What would you paint? Some, when they got married, they got great expectations, great dreams of living happily ever after. But, we, but it didn't end up that way. I remember I went to, this couple flew, flew me all the way to Brisbane to conduct a wedding. And uh, two years later, after service in the church, she walked down straight towards me, immediately after the benediction, walked straight right to me. At that time, we were still using the old church. Only after two years, she said, Pastors, my marriage is over. I say why? She said, I don't know why. I said, what do you mean you don't know why? It's very strange that people don't know why and that they choose the other direction. I received a phone call last week from a friend in Singapore. Same thing. She said, Pastor, I want to let you know I'm filing for divorce. After 30 years of marriage, I'm done with this man. This horrible man. For 30 years of my marriage to him, he always put me down. I'm enough of his verbal abusing. I had enough. I'm done with him. There's nothing more in me, no more emotion in me to love this man anymore. I'm done. But was it like that when it first started? It was not like that. Some want to have a own business, some, I remember at Bible College, I was photocopying some of these books, photocopying, and there's this lady behind me from Malaysia, and then she told me, she said, have you heard of this particular Singaporean couples who had their five kids? I said, yeah, I know, good. And she said, I I only asked for one, and yet I don't have. And this person got four. I can't conceive at all. The dreams of having a, a child, maybe, don't have. Or your own business, or a happy family with your children, don't have. Or you work all your life, and then you build up your reserve, your superannuation, paid off your house, time for retirement. Two years later, you're down with cancer. You can't do the things you have put on your bucket list. Life has killed your dreams. I don't know what I remember, uh, Moses. We were down in the Philippines at your church, ministering at your church. Once uh, you brought us to visit this man who had cancer, lying in bed. And we were just praying for, for him. I think he was a rich businessman and uh, very bitter. We are just sharing and asking him to give us some signal whether he understood what we say. Refused to do that. But when a servant asked him to do certain things because of dry mouth and all that, he could do that filled with bitterness. Probably the the dreams that he had is just completely shattered because of all this illness. So when the unexplainable descend upon us uh, and we wonder what on earth God is doing, where is God when we are hurting, how does one deal with shattered dreams? And Psalms 107 gives us some hope. Because these pictures have come up of their history. And the psalmist looks back and also sees God's faithfulness. In the, if you, you read through these four stories, these four pictures, in the middle of it, the turning point is the fact that the lost, the prisoner, the sick, and those who are sea each one of them did one thing. They cried out to the Lord in trouble. Verse 6 Verse 13, verse 19, verse 28. Each time after the description, this verse comes out. And then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. They cried out to the Lord in trouble. They cried out to the Lord in their trouble. Four times. Each time after this testimony, after the story, the word said, they turn. To You know, the word cry is a word of deep emotion. They are not simply asking God for something or praying a simple, passionless prayer. But they are crying out as a distress, a desperateness in the tone of their voice. And do you realize that how often the Scriptures is full of examples of God's people crying out to Him for help? In Exodus chapter 2, it says the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and they cried for help. And then you turn over a few pages in the book of Judges. After Moses led them into the promised land, they were ruled by Judges for a time, loosely configured ruled by judges before then they enter into the kingdom era when they rule ruled by king, king Saul, king David, and then king Solomon, and then the kingdom split. But at this point, they were ruled by judges. And in the book of Judges, if you are familiar with the book of Judges, the cycle is the same, seven cycles. Seven cycles in the book of Judges. It always begins with Israel falls into Israel falls into sin and idolatry. And then they were oppressed. They were ruled by other people. And then they cries out to the Lord for help. And then God delivers, provides them a judge to deliver them. And then they enjoy peace for a tremendous number of years. And then when the judge die, same thing happened again. They sin. They were oppressed. They cry out to the Lord. God send them a judge, and then judge deliver them from oppression. They enjoy a number of peace, and then the judge die. Israel fall into sin again. Cycle, cycle, cycle. Seven cycles in the book of Judges. If you read, that's where they are ruled by different judges. It's always the same cycle. But if you read each cycle, I just don't don't print out the words for you. They always cries out to the Lord for help, and when they cries out to the Lord for help. Something happened. And fast forward to the New Testament, the story of Peter. Jesus was uh, out with them walking on the lake. When, he, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified because they thought it was a ghost. I mean, who walked on the lake? And so they cried out in fear. Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And then Peter said, Lord, if it is you, Tell me to come to you. And Jesus said, come Peter, come to me. And Peter began to walk. But when he started walking on the water, he saw the wind, he was afraid. And he began to sink. And then he cried out to the Lord. Beginning to sink, he cried out to the Lord. He said, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and take him out. Cried out to the Lord. It saw little over scriptures about crying out to the Lord. So whether a person is disappointed or some people's dreams have been crushed or we are in distress, you can cry out to the Lord. Because when you turn to the Lord and start to cry out to Him, we are recognizing, you are recognizing that your helplessness, you are helpless, and your dependence upon God. And to me, that is the beginning of wisdom. Because you're learning to depend on the Lord. And throughout our Christian lives, that is the key depending on the Lord. Dependence on the Lord always leads to deliverance by the Lord. Dependence on the Lord always leads to deliverance by the Lord. And we're going to show you the four pictures again. The four pictures, this is a crisis, they cried out to the Lord, and then the Lord came to their rescue. Dependence on the Lord always leads to Deliverance by the Lord. Look at verse those who are cried, those who are lost. When he cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and then the Lord delivered them from their distress. What did he do? He led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. And he satisfied the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So those who are lost, the Lord led them by a straight way to a city where they could settle. The Lord comes into there and straighten them and lead them. You know, you need somebody to lead you sometimes when you're lost. Follow me, I'll lead you to the right way. One of the most interesting, uh, amazing things that happened in funeral, was uh, once I attended a funeral. And after the funeral in Springview, in a hearse, they were bringing to the uh, crematorium. And, uh, and this person, and the pastors, I, 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 was, I was just uh, a youth pastors then, so the pastors conduct the, the funeral, and then every car followed the pastors, and then the pastors followed the hearse, and then they were following, and then suddenly they all stopped. For 10, 15 minutes, everybody's sitting in the car, we're wondering, what is happening? So everybody started getting agitated, came out of the car, looking in front, what is happening? Why are we stopping? And somebody said, the pastors followed the wrong hearse. (laughs) I have never heard of this kind of story before in my life. The pastors followed the wrong hearse, the hearse the driver stopped the car and said, please don't follow me. I have no coffin in my hearse. (laughs) And we were all lost. What should we do now? And someone in the uh, Springville office came with a motorbike and come and lead all of us back to the correct place. Caroline, please don't follow the wrong hearse. eh? (laughs) It's real embarrassing. That joke still stays with all the church members till today. So the Lord, those who are lost, the Lord leads them out into the right path. And those who are imprisoned, what did the Lord do when they cried out to, the, to him? Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them from their distress. He saved them out from their distress, and this is what he does. He brought them out of darkness, the utter darkness, and He broke away their chains. You know the chains that enslave you? He broke it. The Lord can do that. For those who are imprisoned, whatever form of addiction, the Lord can break the chains and liberate and set you free. And those who are sick, then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them from their distress. He sent out His word and he healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Remember this sin is brought forth by the, this uh, illness is brought forth by their own sin, by their own sins. and when they repent, the Lord may take heal you physically or ultimately spiritually you are healed because you know your final destination the Lord healed the person when they leave, break away from the bondage and the addiction and how about those who caught in the storm they cried out to the Lord in their trouble and he brought them up, them out of their distress what did the Lord do? He stilled the storm to a whisper. Oh, that's beautiful, isn't it? A whisper. He stilled the storm to a whisper. You know, the storm is very noisy and loud. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm. He guided them to their desired haven. What a beautiful words. He guided them to their desired haven. Oh, well, I'm sure these are the testimony not unlike what we hear today over and over again. Over the last couple of months, we have people coming forth to share their testimony. And just last Sunday, Elise came forth and gave forth her testimony. When they cried out to the Lord, the Lord came to their rescue. It was the testimony of men and women who found themselves in trouble. They cried out to the Lord, and God is delivering them. It is your story, too. I'm sure you have a story to share. I'm sure you have a story to tell. And it is also the testimony of each Christ follower here this morning. God has taken us, who were lost, and He has redeemed us, and now we are found. He has taken us, who were prisoners of our own sin and He has set us free. He has taken us who have been crippled and spiritually sick or physically sick, and He has healed us. He has taken us who are sinking, and He has saved us. That is what, what God does. He rescues. God's plans will always be greater and more beautiful than all your disappointments. Sometimes disappointments are really God's appointments. It is just God's way of saying, I've got something better for you. So be patient, have faith, and live your life. And when He does, we will get a new grasp of who He is. There will be a deepening of wisdom and a development of heart. And we will be able to testify to God's unfailing covenant love. This is the message of the psalm. This is the wisdom the psalmist wants us to gain. Yes, there are disappointments this year. Yes, there are failure. Yes, there are many, many challenges that you and I go through. Cry out to the Lord. The, the Lord will restore you. Verse 1 begins by saying, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. And each of these four stories not just only tells you the problem, that they cried out to the Lord, the Lord delivered them. There is one more exaltation in each of these four and that is four verses again telling us, let them give thanks to the Lord for His unfailing love and His wonderful deeds for mankind. Four times. Four times He cried out to the Lord. Four times He said He was delivered. Four times, four verses. The psalmist said, give thanks to the Lord, because that's the starting point. Of all things. It will change your outlook. It will change your perspective to everything you look at when you begin to give thanks to the Lord. For he is good for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. And then, verse 43 is the conclusion. Verse 1 this, verse conclusion 43 say, Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Ending off with, Let the one who is wise heed these things and ponder the loving deeds of the Lord. God's love is an anchor. It holds us despite whatever disappointments we might experience in life. Let me conclude with this. I read of a story about this pastor who did a church plant. And when they did the church plant, they don't have a physical building of a church, of a, of a baptistry. So, they have about 10 people getting baptized. They had their first baptism. So they decided to buy uh, those kind of inflatable kind of baptistry pool, you know to do the baptism or a swimming pool. You know. And so he was on his way out to buy a host, long host. And as he was walking towards the car, he received a phone call. A guy by the name of John rang him and said, Oh, I'm glad I caught you, Pastor. I really need to talk to you. And so... As he was trying to have conversation with him, he was heading towards his car and thought maybe while driving towards the hardware store, he could just talk to him. He said, no, 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 pastor, I need to see you right now. Oh, wow, well, what to do? You can't say no to anyone, especially your pastor, when you need help. And so arranged a time to come to church. So instead of heading towards hardware store, detour, went to church, and the guy came and they sat down and talked, and he shared about his, his struggle and his pain and uh, marriage falling apart, jumping off and on and off with uh, various relationships and all kinds of things. And the pastor sat down, listened to him, prayed with him, counseled him and provide him uh, a certain direction to take. And, uh, and at the end of the day, said goodbye. And as they were walking out of the church office, this John said to the pastor, you know, pastor, actually, before I call you, I was actually heading to a hardware store. And uh, I'm actually going to buy a hose. Why? Because I'm going to drive into a road somewhere, country, road somewhere. And I'm going to, I don't know what to do, put into an exhaust pipe or something into the car and breathe in and, and commit a suicide and die. He said, that, is, that was what I planned to do, is to drive down this little rural road and tape the hose to my muffler and fit it into my car window. And this pastor said, John, for real, that you are on your way to hardware store to buy a hose? Say yes. And then the pastor concludes with this story. I mean this uh, line. He said, I got a glimpse. He said, I got a glimpse of redemption that day. I saw John cross the line of faith and let Christ put his feet on a different path. And I saw God, listen to this, and I saw God take something that was intended for death, and that is the hose, and use it to fill up, that means, that means life, the baptismal pool. He said, I saw what it means for the first time, redemption means. The hose that was supposed to kill, now I'm going to use it for life to fill up the baptismal pool and so the pastor said to John can I have your host (laughs) this afternoon for baptism you know that is God's unfailing love he will take your disappointment and use it for his glory Uh, I'm not too sure about your situation maybe you are alright you may know someone who is struggling Uh, but I pray that uh, whatever your situation may be, life may be, has killed some of your dreams or maybe your dreams are being fulfilled. But no matter, know that God's love for you endures forever and take it of this advice. Know the loving deeds of the Lord. Let me ask you to bow in prayer and then we'll sing a very beautiful song to end off uh, this service. Father, what a joy to... Uh, Read this psalm. Your word is such uh, living and active, and your living word can satisfy, satisfy the deepest longing of our hearts. Lord, I pray for those who struggle, those who have their dream deaths. I, I feel for my friend in Singapore uh, who has no more reserve within her to continue her marriage. Uh, She says she suffered enough. And she doesn't want to stay on for the remaining years of her life like that anymore. And as she cried out to you, you provide a way of escape for her. You heal her disappointment in life. And for many people in in our life too, Lord, who suffers from tremendous disappointment, and we pray that we bring a hope to them to point them to Jesus. And each one of us, I don't know, maybe some people struggle here too today, Lord. I pray that you will be close to them, you will meet their needs, you will lift them up, and you will point them to you and join them to you. Thank you, Lord. You never failed us. When we cry to you, you always deliver us. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his love endures forever. Amen.